and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. So this week, the Less Doing Peak Time app launched on the iTunes App Store. Now, this was a culmination of something I've been working on for a few months, but the actual outsourcing aspect of it took about a month. Uh, it's pretty amazing, actually. I, w- I was even impressed myself with the experience. I found somebody on Upwork for $700 who did the entire app. I had the design done for $85 on Fiverr, and uh, we were off to the races. And then for an extra $300, we were able to do an Apple watch version. So the Less Doing Peak Time app is now available and I'd love for people to download it and try it out. And what it does is it uses the CNS tap test, which is the central nervous system tap test, which is something that's been around for a long time. And basically all you do is you tap on the screen in this case for 10 seconds as fast as you can with your index finger and you count the taps and obviously the app will do that for you. Now, this has been used for a long time as a direct corollary to the health and recovery state of your nervous system. And I basically hypothesize that you could use this to test yourself throughout the day and determine when your peak time might be. And for those who don't know what your peak time is, it's basically a 90 minute period each day where you are at your best. It's the time that you can most easily get into flow state and you are two to 100 times more effective than any other time of the day. So use the Less Doing Peak Time app to identify your peak time and then respect that time. Don't do any busy work. Don't do any uh, things that might be distracting from what you are best at doing. So I hope you check it out. Uh, I am your host, by the way, Ari Mizell, and this is episode 193 of the Less Doing Podcast. And today I interviewed Julian Smith of Breather. I've talked about Breather many, many times. It's a wonderful company that provides workspace basically by the hour in several of the major metropolises, uh, both in America and Canada. And I use them all the time in New York, not only for meetings, but for recording podcasts. And you can people use them for naps even. But it was a really, really great interview. Julian is a an amazing entrepreneur. And if you haven't had a chance to check out a breather, I recommend you do. So I have a few less links to share with you today than normal, but there's a bunch of there's a bunch more in the show notes that I'm not going to talk about because for whatever reason, either I thought they might have been a little redundant or or just not as relevant for whatever reason. But as I said before, even if I don't talk about it in the podcast, they will still be linked to in the show notes. So you can go there and check out the things that I might not have mentioned. So I'm going to go through these pretty quick. So uh, also, I should point out and remind you that if you're out somewhere and you want to subscribe to the Less Doing Podcast, then or to the sorry the newsletter, you can text the word "do less" to three three seven three three. That's "do less" to three three seven three three. So uh, the first one that I want to tell you about is called Air Tailor, and this is for men's clothing. And basically, what you do is you can measure yourself, and they, it's all done by text message, which is really cool. I love these invisible UI services where there's no actual app; it's all done through texting. So uh, you can basically say, "Hey, I, you know, I, I need help altering pants or something, or this shirt doesn't quite fit right," and they'll walk you through how you measure 
yourself and then they'll keep those measurements for you and then they send you a label and you send in the clothing they alter it for you and send it right back and then in the future if you ever need a shirt taken in or collar redone or sleeves sorted whatever it might be they'll already have those measurements so uh it's you know for the, the thing is is that you can take off-the-shelf clothing and have them tailored and then they become really really special and look amazing on you i've seen this happen i don't do this with all my clothes of course but i have seen the difference that a finely tailored piece of clothing can make the next thing is called it, it well it so it's a, it's a company called parabo press and they don't they, they do something that's not entirely innovative except for one aspect of it that i really really like so it's an app that allows you to have photos from your phone printed and sent to you as actual photos but what they offer is something called engineer prints and it's it's a very industrial kind of look but basically you can get a photo printed four by three feet and it's 25 bucks. And this is huge. I mean, this is almost enough to cover a person. And they're black and white and they look a little bit gritty and they're really cool. So if you have a photo or, or some sort of graphic or, or even like an architectural plan that you really like that's on your phone, you can get it printed in a very large size, very, I think, pretty cost effectively and, uh, and very quickly too. Uh, the next thing is called uh, it, it's called sing, I guess it's called Singled, Singled Boost, but it's the world's first Wi-Fi extending LED light bulb. So it's, it's a really, it's really nice. It looks like a regular screw in light bulb. You screw it in and then it works as a Wi-Fi extender for your house. So uh, obviously this is sort of first world problems, but if you have an apartment or a house that's big enough that you have need more than one Wi-Fi router to get full Wi-Fi coverage, this might be a very nice integrated option that doesn't require much setup and doesn't require you to have wires running around or anything. Uh, the next thing is an article at Mercola.com about golden milk. And when I originally saw the title, I was kind of weirded out, but then I looked into what it actually is. And basically golden milk is sort of a tea that you make with turmeric and coconut milk. Uh, coconut oil rather and black pepper so uh the, the actual recipe is here in the article that we linked to in the show notes but uh turmeric is extremely anti-inflammatory it can help protect against liver damage enhanced wound healing uh increase bile secretion protect against cataracts all sorts of amazing stuff turmeric is really really incredible and you provide it with a fat source like coconut oil it's this is like a antibiotics in a, in a cup essentially like it's an amazing healing thing that you can do whether you have a cold or seasonal allergies or even uh, a knee injury this could actually help with in terms of the anti-inflammatory benefits and then there's a second article from mercola about intermittent fasting and I, I i can't say that i always do it but i really like conceptually uh, intermittent fasting which is basically where you're just not eating for 12 to 14 hours and some people tend to think that that's what they do every night but most people that's not actually the case if you really tracked what you eat because a lot of people tend to do uh, a little snack before bed and then they'll eat right when they get up so with intermittent fasting ideally what you're trying to do is have only your meals only be between six to eight hours now you're not calorie restricting which is an important distinction to make it's not you can eat as much as you like it's not about having less calories but it's about basically giving your body a long window of time to become more fat adapted more efficient at burning fat and also to give your digestive system a break so for those of you who are listening who are crohn sufferers i actually think that this is a really good thing for crohn's because it gives your digestive system just this time to recover and function more effectively and so basically uh, the article is two meals a day is ideal but which two is up to you and what he suggests what mccall actually suggests is skipping dinner so you have yourself a nice breakfast a nice lunch 
and then you skip dinner. And uh, there's all sorts of benefits of not eating late and all sorts of things, but it's something worth trying. And you could just try this for a couple of days and see what happens. Skipping dinner may not be socially acceptable for you. So in that case, yes, you could skip breakfast. But basically, the goal is to get your eating within a six to eight hour window. Um, there is an article over at Cybabe, which is she's one of the people who tends to call out a lot of people on their BS, but there, it's called First World Gluten. And there's a number of things in here talking about different uh, words that are used in food to sound good marketing wise, but don't actually mean anything. And there's several in here, but the one that I thought was funny was fresh. Uh, and I actually didn't even pay attention to this before, but fresh apparently has absolutely no meaning whatsoever because fresh can be freshly frozen uh, and it can be fresh, meaning that a tomato was picked eight weeks ago and then there was gas put on it and it was transported and then it's fresh. Uh, farm fresh eggs have absolutely no legal definition. So it, it doesn't mean that just because it says it's fresh means it's marketing BS and it's not healthy. But the word fresh in this case actually has no defined meaning, which I thought was really kind of funny. Uh, okay, so there's just three more things. One is uh, called expense spot, and it basically creates automatic expense reports. So, you know, we've seen all these before, of course, but this one, I, li I like it a lot. It's just you take a picture of a receipt and it matches the receipts to your credit card charges, which is really nice. And then it creates a smart expense report for you automatically, which is great. The, the, what's unique about this, to, in my mind, is that it, it actually matches it up to your credit card transactions, which is not something that I've really seen before. The next thing is called bubble.is and bubble basically it says you don't need to be an engineer. You can build your startup by pointing and clicking. So essentially what this is allowing you to do is build a minimum viable product without being an engineer. So I, I can't really tell you more than that. It's something you'd have to try. But if you want to build an app, uh, you can sort of do it with that without having to really know what you're doing just to get a working product. And then the last article is over at Mark and Angel. And it's called 12 Secrets to Simplifying Your Life and Lightening Your Load. And uh, one of them was question your yeses, know and nurture your strengths, know what you want. But there was one particular that I wanted to call out on, which obviously I, I agree with. And it's called make a conscious decision to do less. Force yourself to choose what's really important and leave the busy work behind. Busy work is the stuff that fills a lot of our days, but isn't meaningful or significant to our lives. Now, it goes on beyond that. And obviously, less doing is all about this. And I just, I love what Mark and Angel put out there. And I would implore you to read this article entirely. So that's it. That's all I got for today. It's a short one. But again, check out the Less Doing Peak Time app. If you're looking for a good workout, you can check out the Less Doing podcast. And otherwise... Enjoy the interview with Julian Smith and have a great and productive week. The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life so you can start doing the things you really want to do again. What would you do if you could only work an hour a day? Would you crumble or would you thrive? When I was sick with Crohn's disease, I was faced with that reality because there were days when I literally couldn't eke out more than an hour of work a day. And I had to figure out ways to not only get everything done, but get more done than I was doing before. And that is how less doing was born. Less doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity tips into your life in a short amount of time. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner, a tired executive in a large company, or a stressed out soccer mom, We've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. For the latest how-tos and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for my newsletter over at lessdoing.com. But I want to offer you all something more. 
as listeners of this podcast, I want to give you the opportunity to get on the phone with one of my less doing certified coaches. I've trained each one of them myself and they really know what they're doing. The first call is completely free and you will get some real advice and tips on how you can be more productive in your life and get back to making things easier again. Thanks for listening and now enjoy the interview. So now I'm speaking with Julien Smith, who is the founder and CEO of Breather. So uh, Julien, do you mind if I do it properly <laughs> yeah. with the accent? Yeah, uh, or Julian, either one is fine. Okay, well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, so w- before we get to Breather, because I've talked about Breather like probably 17 times on the podcast because I love it so much. Uh, I've done podcasts from Breather Rooms. I've, I've, and it, there's lots of breather on this podcast, so I want to talk about you first. Okay, so mm-hmm. what's your background? How did you get? How did you get to this place? Sure. So, I mean, the, my first of all, my background is super varied, right? I'm like, um, what's a? I don't want to say polymath, but like, I'm definitely a person with a hugely varied background. So, my education is zero, uh, and then I, you know, I, I guess, came across the internet at, at a young age. Um, but my sort of claim to fame early on was that I was one of the first podcasters in the world. Uh, I had done radio when I was younger, I'd done radio commercials. So I have like a radio voice or whatever. And that resulted in me, uh, I guess you know, that and, and, and having kind of a odd personality or something resulted in me having a super popular show. My show got picked up by Sirius satellite radio. So I ended up becoming like a weird internet person, D-level D internet celebrity is what I kind of like to call it. <laughs> uh, and then over time, I ended up writing books about the social web. I, I wrote the first social media marketing book, uh, which became a huge bestseller with Chris Brogan. And uh, I wrote, we ended up writing three books. And so, and then throughout this, this time, I ended up was like, I don't know, it's traveling all over the world. And I was just like noticing this absence of privacy that you had everywhere you went. And, and that ended up being uh, the catalyst of me starting this company, Breather, which is now in five cities and growing super fast. So, I mean, I feel like, well, okay, so first of all, for, I mean, if anybody listening who is not aware of what Breather is, could you give your version? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, the simple version is uh, we take electronic locks, we put them on cool rooms, and then we allow those locks to be opened by anyone with a mobile app. So basically it's like a, a private club a kind of or a bunch of rooms or a bunch of private offices that you can rent any anywhere you go in a city. So we have about 50 of them in Manhattan and growing. And uh, each one of them can be booked for as little as half an hour or as long as a day. And like I, I'm in one right now. I don't know if you are. but uh, and, I, and you can I am actually. There you go. Yeah. So this is, this is amazing what's happening right now. It's, it's, uh, I, I book it because it's quiet and it's easy to take a phone call there. And I also book it to, you know, work on a specific project because there are whiteboards in them. And some people book them for naps at the same time, you know? Well, what city are you in right now? I'm in New York actually. So which, do you mind which, telling me which location you're at? Yeah, yeah. My, I, I'm in the HQ, which is uh, in, in Flatiron. I'm in the, the first unit. Ah, okay. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm downtown on Broadway and in, in the I guess it's not the financial district. This is it's Tribeca. So oh yeah, um, right. Yeah, there you go. Amazing. Yeah. So and and I want to talk a little bit more about how I use it as well. But I feel like this had to be one of those businesses where there was a there, there must have been a lot of resistance when you when you presented people with this idea where you're saying you're going to get physical spaces and you know people <laughs> are going to use it for a short amount of time and nobody's going to damage yeah. anything. Like I mean, for right. Sure. That's the, I mean, yes, of course, you're completely right. 
So uh, you, uh, I was really lucky, and I wouldn't expect anyone else to be able to follow the same path that I did, and I, I wouldn't even recommend it. But I was lucky because I wrote I, because I had written several books beforehand, like I was telling you. I had a huge network of like, you know, kind of a super famous dudes that I could call upon and say, you know, I'm starting this ridiculous business. Could you put money in? And the first guy that I called that, that gave me money was Gary Vaynerchuk, who's like a, you know, internet uh-huh. personality. <laughs> and, uh, and then, and, it, and so I, but I, I just kept going from there. Like I, I, people that I knew from Ted, like, like Loic Lemel, who's, um, used to be an entrepreneur and now runs the web conference in Paris mm-hmm. and biggest, biggest web conference in Europe. So it's like, I just kept going like that. And I was able to successfully raise a million and a half dollars. Uh, with just like literally like a pad of paper, you know, and a kind of an idea of what the company would be. So uh, it's, I definitely, that doesn't mean that I didn't go through a lot of objections. I went through an enormous amount of objections. And uh, from my perspective, that meant that this was a company that was super disruptive. And that if I passed through that kind of set of objections and I was actually able to make something, that it would be incredibly like, that it could completely change the world. Yeah. And, and okay. So, so obviously you got started and you, you're clearly choosing, you know, strategic physical locations, like at least in New York, you know, I mean, in New York now you're like everywhere, but, uh, you know, financial mm-hmm. district, Tribeca, like, yeah. I, the, so which speaks to one of the reasons what I, I love breather so much is I actually had one day where I was in three different breathers throughout the day wow. uh, because, uh-huh. I, because I, and you know, most of what I do is, uh, in, is remote. Like I can pretty much, you know, the, like these podcast interviews or phone calls that I'm doing, but there certainly are times when I have to do things physically. And in terms of making yourself more productive, it's, it's amazing because, um, mm. like for example, I think it was like a month ago, I, I, I live in Tribeca and I was doing something and then I had an appointment on 57th street. So I booked a breather right before, because I had an interview. So I did the interview there, went mm-hmm. to my, went to my physical like meeting and then I booked a different breather. Uh, I think it was in union square cause I had to stop somewhere on the way down and do another interview. And it's right. like, it, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy. It's great that we both uh, are podcasters and we both understand that, uh, that initial kind of need for quiet or whatever. It's, it, that's definitely what I designed the service for. I designed it to be kind of like a private Starbucks. And I think that's kind of how you're using it in a way. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and but, but what I love is that the way that you set this up with, with the number of locations you have, it's almost like it's following me wherever I need it. You know, because. Oh, that's amazing. Because. Yeah, that's a nice feeling. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you know, and I'm, and it's not completely unstressful, obviously moving around the city and like going into all these different places, but it certainly makes things so much more productive because otherwise I would have had to like go into a Starbucks and it would have been noisy and the podcast would have been, uh, you know, just, I wouldn't have been able to focus. Uh, it just, it, mm. it's like, it's like very settling when you walk into a room, which is going to bring me to my next point, by the way, that you walk into a room that mm-hmm. is not, not only clean and has all the things you need, but it looks like you're the first person to use it. And uh, that's yeah. something that I want to ask you about logistically, because, you know, you have a, a, mm-hmm. bowl, a bowl of Tootsie Rolls and pencils and stuff in every room, and they're always perfect every time you walk in. It's, I'm so happy that you think that. I'll tell my co-founder. Uh, she, she designed the original spaces, and now there's a team of people that, that, that curate and, and design spaces. And uh, it's because, you know, when you go into a, a Starbucks, you can't really, you could compare it to an office, right? You could say this is like Regis or something, but very few people use that in a casual way. Uh, whereas everyone uses a Starbucks in a casual way. And when you go to a Starbucks, there's usually like a coffee cup already on your table. And maybe if you're in Manhattan, 
And then that means that you're actually like trying to crowd the other guy. And, you know, there's like a Russian dude like speaking on Skype really loud right next to you. And, but our experience is not compared to that and will fail compared to that. Well, just because of the price. So the way that we compare our service is almost like a hospitality service. So like the same way that you walk into a hotel room and the hotel room is perfect, then it better be because otherwise you're going to be super creeped out. Um, we manage the logistics of all of that in the background so that it's completely seamless when you arrive and you really feel like it's your space and it's just perfect, which is also a feeling you actually never get in, in public and in life because uh, your house is probably rarely perfect. Your office is probably rarely like that. So it's actually like one of the few places where you can actually get that experience. Yeah, and and it shows. I mean, it really does show because, it, you know, the thing is, is like you don't you don't know. I mean, we've just both given a specific example of like podcasting, but obviously you guys don't know if somebody's walking in there just to get an hour of quiet time or they're walking up with, you know, three VCs that they're going to have to be pitching to. And it's it's mission critical that everything in the room is perfect when they walk in. Mm-hmm. That's completely true. Yeah, you've uh, you've captured like an essential part of what it is that we do for sure. Well, I you know, and you you have to you have to maintain an incredibly high standard of uh, just a high standard. I mean, because again, it, as you said before, some people use them for naps, and that's obviously mm-hmm. you know they're not going to be using the pencils or probably not even the Wi-Fi. They're just going to go lay down on the couch. But mm-hmm. then you're going to have yeah. all those other meetings that are very important, and that's that's what you're. Mm-hmm what you're aiming for. And again, it shows. So I, do you have, do you just have like a lot of crews like in all these cities just running around the rooms every hour? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not, it's not a lot of crews, but you would be surprised because obviously the majority of, of, I mean, quote unquote cleans is probably picking up like a Tootsie Roll wrapper and, uh, and picking up, you know, a coffee cup and then emptying the trash, which takes about five minutes. Right. And so the higher the density, I mean, it's basically like math, you know, and the higher the density of locations, the easier it is to clean a, a high number of units per hour, which makes it more and more affordable to do over time. So it's actually like a pretty simple thing. We clean up after ourselves as, as breeds our employees, obviously. Uh, and so, and, and sometimes we, and most of us actually clean rooms on the regular, like definitely a few times. And, uh, and, and, so it ends up being a relatively simple procedure. And also people have cleaned up space hundreds of times and so know exactly how to do it really quick. But uh, it definitely is an operation. You know, it's something that we needed to invent and something we needed to think through that had really never been done before. And, and have you had, I mean, if you can share it, have you had any really bad things happen? Or not really, you know, just have you had any? I mean, you know, it's funny because, yeah, you would think that you would, because it's an one, one way to think about our services is an hourly room service, which is like the sketchiest possible yes. thing imaginable. Yeah. And I knew that like, if I started this company, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to hear this question like every single time. So, and, and are, am I ready for it? So I looked myself in the mirror and I was like, am I ready to, to answer this? So, so here's the answer is that because this, like, maybe one of the reasons is because those spaces are so nice that legitimately like the main problem that we have is people smoking. And that's it. <laughs> and then when people smoke in space, then obviously that, that has way huger implications than basically anything else because, like, when you have to clean them, there's this, like, smell, which is really terrible and blah, blah, blah. So uh, so other than that, I think we'd largely just – and actually we're, we're pretty much past it, like, this whole perception issue of, like, oh, my God. When a service is disruptive from my perspective, you know, like Snapchat or something, 
first you think about it and you're like, this is a sexting app. This is for people to send making pictures of each other to each other that disappear. But it turns out to be actually like a societally very powerful thing. And it's something that millions of people use. But at the very beginning, they're like, well, how is this a thing? You, you completely cannot imagine that this would be a service that, that people would use. And I, I, I really thought that that would be in my favor because no one would follow me for like quite a long time. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it's, it is a big undertaking that way. Um, I, and that, that is interesting about the smoking, that that's like the worst thing. I, it's funny because, you know, obviously there's all sorts of illicit things that you could think of people using it for. But I actually know somebody who booked a breather to then book a, uh, a soothe massage on demand. You know that, that company? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they, they actually yeah, had they completely, actually, which is fine. I mean, they they basically like they they, they, they rather rather than go to a spa and rather than do it at home, they 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 chose a private room to have a massage, which was great. I thought that was actually really cool. They were completely combining two on-demand services. Yeah, exactly right. And then like people use them for meditation, you know, teaching, and they use them for life coaching and you know psychotherapy and all these other things like that. So it's like you're right. It's it's like most of them. Uh, it's it's uh, it's surprising. I, I still encounter it, so it actually still surprises me that people think that. But uh, I think that I'll probably encounter that misperception forever. You know? Yeah, probably. Uh, but again, you know, the spaces are so nice. And then, that, by the way, that is another mm-hmm. thing: is that you very easily. I mean, I, and I think you would have still been relatively successful with this, but you could have very easily had a very standard white box kind of design, like Ikea furniture, mm-hmm. and people would have still mm-hmm. loved it. But no, you actually, you, you, not only do you have design elements in every one of these rooms and they're all unique, but you actually like on your Instagram, it's, it looks like an interior design feed. Oh yeah. 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 It's, and it's, thank you for, for noticing that. It's true that it, we definitely could do, could have done less, you know, but the reality is, is that like, we really perceive what we're doing and, and we really care about space. Like we're not practical. Um, we're not people that thought about this first as a business. We thought about this first as a personal need and, uh, and then as a, as a business. And luckily for us, like the numbers make sense. They make a lot of sense actually, but the, uh, originally we were like, this space better be worthwhile for the founders and for people that want to use it. And for us, that meant going the extra mile, which I think works out because you probably would use it half as much if the spaces were not that great, right? Or you might use it not at all. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, and honestly, like I say, that like when I walk into one of those spaces, it's it's it, 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 it's like over it being a little dramatic to say like a, it's like a, a sigh of relief almost, or like I can like I take a deep breath mm-hmm. when I walk in. But it does. It feels like that. It's like I'm ready like to work, or I'm, I'm it, this is mm-hmm. this is a good yeah, space. Totally. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, and maybe this speaks to the the possible you know misuse of the spaces, but uh, you have really pretty big hours on them right now. But is there a particular reason in general, like you can't get into them at you know like ten o'clock at night or even one in the morning, maybe? Or, oh, or is that in the evening? Yeah, Actually, are you worried about people yeah, sleeping there? Or? Yeah, and it's not about sleep, although that would probably make it into an illegal hotel. It's, yeah. it's more like uh, because we close. Right. And so we um, you can think about it almost as a, as a sort of half private, half public extension of the building itself. And so when the doors close on the outside, when the landlord is like, nobody comes in after this hour or whatever, then we shut the room down and then we reopen it the next morning. The spaces are not really intended to compete uh, against hotels. And I don't think that they could really effectively do that. You know, like there's so many hotels and there's so much liquidity. There's so many 
hotels to choose from, that doesn't really make sense for us to sort of try to carve out like a market in the sleeping part of, of what we do. So I think I think it's more important. Daytime is really what's needed, and uh, and even if we were able to open them all night, like probably the best use of of time and the best use of of uh, you know, in order to make the spaces as profitable as they are, is to really get them during daytime hours, which are mostly work hours. Yeah, and that and that makes sense. I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what, what do you have new city, uh, other cities in mind now, or I mean, is that or is that tough? For thing? sure. If you like, just I was just looking at our job board earlier, and there's five cities that are on our job board at the moment where we're hiring for. So, like, one of them is actually London. Another one is uh, Chicago, and another one is L.A. One of them is Washington, D.C. And what's the fifth one? I think it's Toronto. And so the spaces are, I mean, the, the, what we're doing makes an enormous amount of sense. It's, it's gone past this phase where it was experimental. Now it's in the stage where it can grow like quite quickly, and it can grow and probably grow successfully into every city that we open. So from our perspective, it's like, oh, okay, like, let's make this happen wherever it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, well, obviously I love Breather and I want people to use Breather. The, the last question that I like to ask on these interviews is, and you can interpret this however you like, but what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? For people to be more effective? Well, I yes. mean, you know, truly for me, uh, one of the one of the things that I think makes me most effective, and I, I've always struggled with this my whole life, is to start with a blank slate, which in a way is kind of what Breather is, right? It allows you, when you have a clean desk, you don't have a set of like excess stuff on top of what you need to do right now. You're not going to get carried away. You're not going to get distracted. You're just going to be able to start fresh on whatever project. So that's one of the most important things. And that can be like, I cleaned up my desktop digitally, so there's nothing on my desktop. It could be starting with a fresh sheet of paper or it can be starting in a fresh space as well. And then <laughs> one of them is, is that is to write everything down. So I, 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 there's a team of 50 people that work at Breather today and there will probably be a hundred by next year. And, and one of the core things is that your brain is not an effective mechanism to get things done. So you have to have a system outside of yourself in order to be able to get the service in order to be able to get your 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 brain and your your you know yourself working at maximum capacity. So every every single idea that I have, whether it turns out to be bad or good, whether I can do something about it right now or not, I write it down first into a system and then I let it go and then later on I, I catch up to it and then I get it done. So that means that I will probably never forget an idea. Uh, even like when I wake up in the middle of the night. I'll have my phone there next to me, and I'll write them down into, like, a major giant list or a set of lists that I have. And then uh, maybe the third one is to focus on one major project at a time. And so if you're working on five things, you're probably never going to be super good at any of them. But if you decide you're going to focus on one thing, you're going to be able to produce a material amount of progress, like, much faster than if you were focusing on even two things. So uh, there is this sense of I completely agree. Yeah, there's this sense of being able to just really be able to work on one. Like at a startup, or if you're an, an early startup, you want to have one number on the wall, and that number, like whatever you put up there, is like you'll be really happy when it goes up. But if you put two numbers, you're like you'll forget about one of them, you know. So 
the best thing is to have one number up there. And in our in our company at the very beginning, it was the number of hours we sold that week or that month. And so that would continuously go up, and we had a goal for to make that go up. And as long as the number went up, then everything else turned out fine, you know. So uh, that's kind of how we started our business, and that's what I would say for pretty much any project. Well, those are those are great. Those are really great. So uh, we're going to have everything in the show notes, of course, but the best place for people to get into a breather would be breather.com, right? For sure, or to download the app on iPhone or Android. Um, you can book it on the web, or you can book it uh, on your mobile phone. It's super convenient either way. Okay. Well, Julian, thank you so much for your time. I love breather again and signing off from a breather and you're a breather. Uh, thanks. Again. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. It was super fun. Hello everyone. Thanks for listening to the less doing podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we'd love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell, and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.